Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined on this lovely Friday afternoon by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? Good, Dave. How are you, my friend? I'm thriving. That's I am living my excellent. best life. That's uh, excellent. The wind, the wind is in my sails. I am uh, full ahead go, proceeding at 35 knots. That's I'm picturing you as as like a sailboat right now. An ancient mariner. Yeah, just like on those old boats and they, they you know they always just have that pretty woman image out in front, but it's you on the It's me. Front. I think I would make an excellent um, masthead. Um, you are a masthead. Yes. Yeah. If I ever own a boat, I'm putting your face right on the front of it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope not my literal face. I hope it's a carving. <laughs> yeah, never know, Dave. If you <laughs> you piss know, me, you piss we, me off. We all happens. like trophies, don't we? <laughs> hey, let's not talk about. You know what? I, I let's talk about what we're watching on streaming. Let's do that. I mean, no one listens anyway. They won't even know. Let's there you talk. go. Well, what's your favorite streaming show right now? Streaming show right now, or, or just, just favorite show? I'm yeah. I'm very excited about Better Call Saul being back. I know Better Call Saul. How about Ozark? I haven't watched Ozark. You've never... That is your show. If is I it? had to say there's one show that you would like, I'd say it was Ozark. I'd wow, say. okay. Or uh, Russian Doll. You ever watch Russian Doll? I did watch Russian Doll. That's I haven't back. watched the second season yet. Season though. two. Yeah, I just realized it was back. Like yeah. the, like the first season. I'm thinking yeah. of taking a look at that Apple TV uh, show Severance. Uh, I watched the first three or four, and I couldn't. And then someone yesterday said, oh, dude, you got to get past three or four because it gets really good. See, so, yeah. it's, it's tough to it's tough to buy those arguments, you know, because I, you've got yeah. we've got finite time on Earth. Why, why waste any of it? I'm going to I'm going to blow your brain right here. Just wow. blow your top off. The, your the top of your head is going to just fly off. Oh, wow. Okay. Then, you, then you're putting my face on the masthead. Um, <laughs> just like that <laughs> with the top of your head off. Um, you were a. Uh, let's see, uh, you, you were into, um, uh, the Thrones thing, right? You were all a throny. Uh, so I watched it. Um, so I, I read the books, right? Yeah. Which were good. Fine. And then the first like three or four seasons were good. And then it, uh, it fell off a cliff. Last Kingdom. Have you watched that? No, but I've heard good things. Really good. Surprisingly good. And it's based on, like, you're a historian. You'd love it. It's all about, uh, you know, England coming together, to, you know, when it was all divided up in around 900 yeah, AD. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, it's amazing. And it's, and so it's, you're getting all the, um, all the Wessex folks, right? You're getting all the you're Wessex and North, Northumbria and all of that. It's, it's very, very, very cool. It's very yeah. good. It's very – my son was really into Game of Thrones. I go, dude, yeah. When in doubt, you know, just bring in a dragon or some magic. Come on, watch watch the Last Kingdom. Yeah, watch and the he's get he he is coming around to saying, yeah, this might it might be it might be better. And then I guess I haven't finished the last season, but everyone's raving about the the. I don't know if it is the final season, but it is definitely the most recent season. So there, that's our that's our suggestions. We're saying okay. Last Kingdom. Yeah. There yeah. we go. And then if you've ever been involved in a startup with a guy, a CEO who's a little like out there and a little bit crazy, I'm just talking hypothetically, and uh, you should watch We Crashed. 
<laughs> oh, you know what I did watch? Uh, yeah. The Dropout. Oh, We Crash is better. I watch both. Okay. All Amanda right. uh, Seyfried is good in that. She's very She's good. incredible. But, you know, do you like Anne Hathaway? Sure. Okay, I don't like Anne Hathaway. I, she's, you know, there's just certain people. Everything she says seems like she's acting to me well, when she's acting. And then when I see her on classic, talk shows. She's a classic she, theater kid tryhard. Oh, God. So just not sincere when I see her on talk shows. So she's cast as the wife in We Crashed. It's based on, you know, we work. She's the perfect casting for the wife because the wife is one of the worst human beings that's ever <laughs> that's ever graced this earth. <laughs> and and yeah, she, they had to be trolling her when they cast her for that. But anyway, there are probably Anne Hathaway fans out there and they all hate me and they ended their bro subscription because of that. I get it. I get the grudge. Speaking of like not having a sense of humor, I mean, I posted that thing this morning about Chip. I thought it was legitimately funny. I thought everyone would get a good laugh about you are. the Will linebacker. <laughs> is this your first time posting on our message board, Tracy? Dave, it is. I just don't get it. What What are these people, where are they coming from? Why couldn't they just laugh, Dave? Oh, let me explain it to Tracy, the newborn babe who posted yes. for the first time on Please. our uh, message board. Please, if you could. Uh, everyone is here in the coming on fifth year of chip kelly okay and everyone that's is in the their, coach everyone is in their respective trench because a message board invariably it's the iron law of message boards is that it devolves into world war one trench warfare by the time you get into the third year of a football or basketball coach and even earlier sometimes than that. depending on how embattled that coach is um, it and then, will be trench and, warfare. And then you whatever trench you're crazy. in, whatever Tracy. trench you're in, it lasts your lifetime because there are still Lavin defenders. Well, then, but it, and then it translates to other positions you might hold. Yeah, you know, nobody is like nobody is like Italy between the wars, right? Like yeah. they're not switching sides. Everyone here is, you know, what we were the baddies originally, and we're going to be the baddies afterwards, or we're the goodies earlier, and we're going to be the goodies afterwards. Um, nobody's Italy. Nobody's Japan. Nobody's switching sides. Yeah, um, it do, and it doesn't. It seems like some people. We've talked about this, but I, what I find really, really amazingly, I, I find the psychology of the message words really interesting. But particularly, like, if one person, person A, takes this stance and he goes against person B, and they're fighting, and they are just deeply entrenched, then there's a whole another subject. And person B says this, person A will go, and they will fight to the death on that too, because they've decided that they are going to fight each other and they just have to fight each other, regardless of the subject matter. That's really interesting, don't you think? Yeah, I do think it's interesting. Um, but you ran afoul because you said something that could be seen as a mild criticism of chip kelly well it, it's it's slightly mild but you would think people uh, what it is is i mean we all have accepted whatever side of the fence you're on on chip kelly that he can be a little evasive when you're coming to and and contrary when you're going to interview him and well, so i mean it's, it, it's two problems the, the, and i i, I don't only two well okay. no because i don't want to completely pin this on the uh the the, the so-called the, the so-called chip defenders 
um, so because far. it also is the other side using that as support for furthering their argument against Chip Kelly, where you were simply trying to share a somewhat funny anecdote yes. identifying one of the idiosyncrasies of this UCLA football coach. Yeah, um, that's... So just, you had the one side trying to use it for supporting their argument that Chip Kelly is a bad coach, which yeah. in no way supports that argument. And then Not the other in side deciding, deciding to defend against it and then also accuse you, because they're seeing these arguments being supported now, uh, of, uh, of, of helping to support their arguments. Um, what I think the main takeaway is that everyone is insane. <laughs> and um, and that's fine. And we, with everyone has always been insane. It. Everyone has been insane. Just the internet brings it all out. Well, and we are at some very fundamental level responsible. Mm, I, I yeah, I don't even think. You know, you're you're in denial. No, we, no, no, no. I was going we, the other way. Have, I'm saying not even fundamentally. I think even more so. <laughs> we we have provided the apparatus and the level of information necessary for everyone to be luridly insane. You know what's really funny though? People at UCLA who work within the athletic department who aren't in who don't there there's a lot of old school people at UCLA right um their you could probably idea, remove school their idea of what bro is they kind of don't have a first they say oh that they'll say oh that blog love that and then anything that's said on it by any poster they attribute directly it's happened so many times they attribute to me some poster will say this and this and this, and then I'll hear through sources that, hey, people at UCLA think you said this. <laughs> that was a poster like four years ago. That wasn't me. I never said it. So, you know, in a way, I guess that's justified because you're saying fundamentally we are at least partially responsible. So, you know, it's the cross I bear. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's my it's karma. What we have to deal with. So... How many minutes did we kill with that? That was good. We're 10 minutes in. Woo, um, good. Okay, so we've talked about the message board, and we've talked about shows we're watching. So I guess we've exhausted all topics, and now we are forced to talk about uh, UCLA athletics. Oh, come on. It's fun. Everyone wants to hear all about UCLA. it. We, we love it. We love it. All right, so we're going to start with the basketball team because that's probably had the most newsworthy stuff over the last week. Um, oh, yeah, so that's true. I forgot about all that. Yeah, so uh, David Singleton. Uh, yesterday. Was this just yesterday? It was yes yesterday. Yes, right. correct. Uh, David Singleton announced his return uh, to UCLA, and then a couple hours later, Miles Johnson announced that he will indeed be foregoing his final year of basketball to uh, spend a little bit more time on engineering. Um, so, not unexpected. Uh, these were both uh, basically what we said was going to happen um based on the information we've gotten over the last couple of weeks uh but still um comforting i would say at a certain level to know that it's going as uh we expected um everyone pretty much everyone so far um so singleton um that announcement i think is pretty key um if you're i just put up a story but if you're identifying one of the major issues with next year just based on the departures it might very well be three-point volume and three-point shooting um, because they're losing Juzang, who for all of his, you know, uh, for all the mild criticisms we've had of him as an offensive player of the years, uh, he he took a lot of threes and he made a fair percentage of them. Um, he was at 36% okay. last year. Um, and uh, that's, that's production that needs to be replaced and then some because um, if you've been uh, following my BS for long enough, you know... 
I don't think they take enough threes. Uh, They need to take more um, over and above that 4.2 per game that uh, Ju Zeng is departing with. So between Amari Bailey, um, Jalen Clark, uh, Jaime Hawkes, Tiger Campbell. Jules Bernard. Jules Bernard. They not only need to increase their production, but they need to increase it at a level that's approximate to that 36% that uh, Ju Zeng was pouring in just to make them as good as last year. Um, Right. So that's that's uh, getting Singleton back uh, for that purpose um, is certainly uh, helps to shore that up. Um, and then you're also getting the steadiness, the leadership, you know, all that stuff that you, you you've all seen from Singleton over the last four. Years. I'll go out on a limb and say as a team, they shoot a higher percentage from three next year than they did this last season. All right. So let's let's take a look at what that number was. OK. All right. So you, you do that. Mr. Stack hold, guy. We're going to hold Tracy to that. That is a firm and fiery prediction right there. Just hold my feet uh, to that fire. Like last we're in the last year, team. UCLA ranked 75th in the country. Um, That's not 30, horrible. 35.3% from three. That's pretty good. Okay. So the year Yuzang, before, though, they shot better. They shot better. They were 372 which Damn, was 35th good. in the country. That's really good. Yeah. So Juzang was hovering right in the middle of that. He was 36%, so a little bit above average last year, but um, at a pretty high volume. So Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they'll uh, from what we heard, it'll be interesting to see but I uh, the um scout on Will McClendon uh in practice before he hurt himself was that he's a he's an accomplished outside shooter. Um you're returning you're returning your three best three-point shooters. That's if Jules Bernard comes back. And Tiger Campbell, uh, Singleton, and Bernard. Um, you are losing uh, Peyton Watson, even though he didn't take a lot. He didn't shoot them well. And Amari Bailey will shoot better from three. And then just improvement on every... I just I can't believe that Jaime Hawkes... What did he shoot? Twenty six percent this year, or something? Yeah, and it was a real. He he fell off the map after he got hurt um, because he was shooting better before. Let me look at his splits because I think it was. Um, yeah, he was miserable. Um, Much after, better the year before too. After January, he was miserable this year. Yeah, um, so that that wasn't him. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the year before he was thirty nine percent. I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know a- if that's replicable. I think that was probably a little bit lucky. Um, but I think he's a mid thirties shooter. Like he should be, um, his other like underlying, like his free throw strokes, pretty good. I mean, this past year, he was 76% from the line. His first year, he was 77% from the line. It was basically just last year where his free throw shooting got wonky. So he should be like mid thirties percentage. Um, here's the thing. The here's the thing I want to say about Hawkes. When he goes out to throw that first pitch, a Dodger game. He better uh, okay. First pitch is a is a thing for uh, when you throw out a first pitch. It's it's a thing for me. Uh, when you're invited, do some of the people who can't even throw it to home plate, much less I mean, look like they've never thrown a baseball in their life. Why would you agree to do it to embarrass yourself that badly? Correct. I mean, sometimes it's really embarrassing. Jaime Hawkins used to play high school baseball. He's six six. He better not only make it into the catcher's glove, he better throw a strike. And I want to see a real windup. I don't want to just see a throw. I want to see a real P 
pitcher-looking windup. He's got to do us proud. Wow. Well, yeah. so here's, I thought you were going to go a different way, which is um, with his ankles, I don't want him throwing off the mound. Oh, God. He can do it. I, no, this is more important than his ankles. He's got to look good doing this. This is a big, <sighs> big pet oh, peeve for me. I can't. Uh, uh, have you ever watched, the, of course, the movie Fever Pitch? Yeah. They have Stephen King in that movie. I, my, it's one of our family's favorite movies. Uh, just so many great lines. Babalu Mandel and Noel Gantz, those two comedy writers who were hysterically funny. Um, they show Stephen King throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> the ball, I, I swear he threw it about 15 feet. It, it, I, I don't even think it rolls home. It's so bad. Yeah, that's just Stephen King. God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, anyway. Make us proud, Jaime. I want to see a whole, I want to see a wind-up and I want to see a strike. Wow. Be great wow. if he put a little, like, put a little something on it, like a, a curveball or something and really screwed up, screwed up the Dodger catcher so he couldn't catch it. That'd be good. Wow. Tra- Tracy's, Tracy's putting a lot of expectations on Jaime here. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, this is a big thing. I'd like him to throw from the grass in front of the mound. <laughs> um, I love it when people do that. It's, <laughs> didn't you even practice? You can't throw the ball that far. Oh, man. Um, okay. So that was Singleton. Um, so it's obviously a big, uh, big addition getting him back. Um, oh, that's what we were talking about. Yes. <laughs> Before you went into first pitches. Miles, um, Miles Johnson. Miles Johnson. So Miles Johnson announced his departure, which if you had talked to us a month ago or two months ago uh, would have been surprising. Uh, we were expecting him um, going into his, his uh going into this past year that he was going to be a two-year player um but then we got the scoop dave yeah then we got the information that um uh really and it makes total sense um because a lot of guys in grad school at ucla are taking you know and i'm i'm not meaning to denigrate the new major but they're taking something on coaching um he's taking an engineering um graduate degree um which came with its own time suck um and uh, the the time suck of basketball at a high major level is also extreme. So uh, it makes sense to pick one to prioritize. Um, he picked the one that um, maybe he loves more, frankly. Or, um, might, or might provide the most potential for the rest of his life. Maybe. Either way, but um, it makes total sense when you... Um, when you sit down and think about it. And, I mean, and I think everyone, us, and I won't give it up because it's not my place, but he has some really phenomenal opportunities. I did write about IBM. It's way beyond that, too. Yeah. And uh, I, I think for all of us, you know, the people who, who write on message boards and then provide content for them, um, wow, we, we, would all give, that. we would all give our left leg to be, and I don't know how this would work functionally, but we would all give our left leg to be 6'10 and... Um, playing high major basketball with potential uh, how does play. that work functionally? I, I don't know bionics um and then play in you know europe or whatever um but uh that's not necessarily everyone's priority nor should it be um so he's departing and with him goes uh probably ucla's most effective rebounder from last year and obviously their most effective rim protector um and most effective post defender yeah, sure, sure. Overall. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, and easily one of their top two defenders at worst. Um, so, just overall. Uh, so, that, that's a lot to lose. Um, 
This is the one where I don't think it necessarily gets replaced easily because even what you're adding with Bona and uh, Etienne in terms of athleticism over Cody Riley and Miles Johnson, if and we'll get to Cody Riley in a second, um, you're losing a lot of savvy. You're losing a lot of the uh, – I mean, what what have Riley and Johnson played combined in college basketball now? Is it 10 years? <laughs> yeah. But, it's something like that. Um, yeah. you're, you're losing a lot of age and savvy, um, and you're going to – Hope to make up for it with athleticism, but um, I, I think the overall defense from those guys, it might be a work in progress where it's maybe collectively better by the end of the season, but at the beginning of the year, I, th- I find I find it hard to imagine they're going to be better than Miles Johnson was um, okay. so, in February. So Dave, we started off this podcast going contrary. I mean, telling a little anecdote about contrariness, con- Contrarian, contrarian, contrary. Yeah, that. Um, So I think it's our theme. We just need to go contrary. So I'm going to go a little contrary to you. Go contrary. I I agree in theory that that is a that's a loss for Miles, and we all know every well. God, no one, not everyone knows. I mean, it sounds like anyone cares what I write, but I was a Miles Johnson fan. Wanted him to play more. But he only he averaged what eighteen minutes, eighteen point one. I'll thank you to remember. Not really. Uh, no matter in theory and hypothetically, they are losing that. But in application, uh, eighteen minutes worth of Miles Johnson. I don't. I don't think it has that big of an impact that you're going to be without it. Now, if he had played like we saw him play, and he played upwards of twenty seven minutes, then yes. But. I don't well, think so it's that big of a loss argument. because it's only 18 minutes. Because I was realizing this as I was writing the thing I wrote today is that, like, yeah, Peyton Watson is also not a big loss because he only played 12 minutes a game. So who cares? Exactly. Exactly. But here's the thing. Are you the going ideal, contrary to my contrary? I am. The Whatever. ideal form of UCLA last year, the one that actually would have made the Final Four and the one that actually would have had a chance to win a title, would have had Miles Johnson playing considerably more minutes because he was a significantly better player than Cody Riley last year. Right. So... What I'm talking about more is to achieve the idealized form of UCLA last year. There you go. You need to, at some level, replace that that version of Miles Johnson, which I'm thinking could happen close to it by the end of the year, and it won't be an exact facsimile. It's not going to be the exact same thing. But Bona with his athleticism, Etienne with – well, he's not the athlete that Bona is, but he's a better athlete than Miles Johnson or Cody Riley – may be able to get to a point where they're, you know, switching so well on the perimeter and doing things so well in terms of their athletic abilities that their lack of overall savvy, their lack of, I mean, great physical strength, um, I think would be fair to say, won't be as big of a factor compared to the positives that they bring to the table. But that might not be until the end of the year. It's going to be a growth, uh, uh, you know, kind of a... um, a learning curve for both I, of them. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is my second limb. I'm on this tree. I've crawled back in. Now I'm going out on another. That's not limb. the way limbs work. I mean, how heavily, how, how heavily like foliaged is this tree? No, no, but I'm going out. I've been on one. Okay, but I'm, you're I'm walking there. back to the trunk and then getting on another one and then going out from it's, that one because it's not the same these... limb. I've got to go on a second limb. It's when was this limb. thing trimmed last? Do you want me to load the records of this tree? I mean, I would love to know. 
Okay, well, I'll get back. I'll get back to you. Like, um, are you jumping from the limb to the other limb, or are you going back to the trunk and getting on another limb from yeah, the trunk? I'm not going to jump to some flimsy limb. It's going to fall, and I'm going to kill myself. I got to go back and then crawl back. Okay, so the limb I'm going out on again, the second one. What was I saying? What were you talking? Oh, a dembona is going to uh, make us forget about Miles Johnson. He is going to do some things. He is going to be a very good shot blocker. He is going to be a good post defender. He's going to make some mistakes here or there. But Miles Johnson, even though he was a veteran savvy, he made some mistakes too. Um, he is going to have a motor, an energy level that goes beyond, that makes up for anything that Miles Johnson might have had as an advantage. And then he is going to be able to switch on defense. He's going to be able to get out and run on a break, change the way the team plays. Uh, they had to play differently when Miles Johnson was in the game. A lot of times it was more effective defensively, but he might bring that same kind of element while they won't have to play different and he'll be able to switch, meaning he'll be able to stay on the court longer. A lot of the reason why, I mean, we've talked about Miles Johnson's playing time, that he only did get 18 minutes is because they had to play different when he was on the on the court. And depending on matchups, other teams were switching to get Miles onto a bat, uh, an advantageous matchup for them. They, they, they're not going to be able to do that as easily with the Dembona. So I, I think, so I, you said something, I went contrary, you went contrary, I went contrary. Wow. This, wow. you're going to put, somehow you got to get the word contrary in the title of this broadcast. Maybe I could do that. Okay. Um, I think the only thing I would say contrary to that, and it's a minor point because uh, we're going to talk about him more in just a second. Is everyone is, following this at home? Uh -huh, this is, is great. Is that uh, what you just cited about Miles Johnson and teams picking on him to try to get switches and everything, which yeah. is absolutely 100% true. Uh, they were doing it to Cody Riley too. Let's talk about Cody. Yeah, they were. Um, so good good Co Cody has not announced anything yet. But uh, Okay, stop right there. He's not an announcing kind of guy. No, all of his social media, if you ever try to go to it, it's private. Uh, he hasn't tweeted out anything publicly, I think, in three years. Yeah, no, and his Instagram's totally private. So yeah. I, I, he may not announce anything. I don't think um, he'll, he's not going to announce un until he shows up in either he's enrolled at UCLA next fall or he's in Greece. Yeah. So the, the situation... But we'll find out for you guys. We will. Yeah, we will find that information for you. That is what we do here. Um, I don't think we've heard anything new exactly. Uh, just that, um, you know, what we originally thought was that he was more than likely leaving. And then Tracy heard there was a better chance that he was returning than Miles Johnson. Just to uh, clarify, not... Not that it was likely he was no, returning. just that a better a better chance. chance than what we thought previously. Right. Yes. Um, but if I and a better, I, you're right, and a better chance than Miles Johnson. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Go and ahead. if I was, you know, if I was wagering on it right now, I would say he's not returning. Um, but uh, I, I guess ten, technically still a chance. I think so. Here's where I stand on that: is while I would love to have. Um, an experienced post who has a little bit more quality to him than uh, uh, Kenneth Nwuba, um as a third post with just kind of insurance against um, Etienne and Bona. I would much rather that be Miles Johnson not practicing all year and just doing engineering stuff and then showing up for games for five minutes uh, 
than Riley. Because I think the reality is that if Cody Riley returns, he's playing 20 minutes a game. Yeah. And that's – and I love Cody. Love everything he did two years ago. That is not ideal with the setup of players that um, UCLA has next year. I think it's really the most uh, – God, I know the word. and Not even intriguing, but it's it's – the most fascinating, compelling element in this offseason right now as we speak. Does Cody Riley, there's so many elements of it. Will Cody Riley return? If he does, is that an advantage or ultimately a disadvantage? What if Cody comes back and is closer to 2022, 2021, 2022 version of Cody Riley? NCAA tournament, well, second half of the season, 2020. (laughs) <laughs> one god you know what i'm saying um i got you uh, so many different elements of it uh, as you're saying it would be good to have an his experience on on the team because you have adem bona who's a freshman and then mac Etienne, who's effectively a freshman effectively a freshman if he could be used appropriately He'd be a huge advantage to have. And, and I, I'm telling you, there are, there are three guys that, that Mick Cronin loves because of their toughness, physical toughness, mental toughness, work ethic, gym rats, and that's obviously Jaime Jaquez. It's Jules Bernard. Well, there's four. And because the other one I just take for granted too. And that's Cody Riley. And the other one taking for granted is Tiger Campbell. So he is a favorite son. Um, so that it will be very, very interesting. And there's, I'm not, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm not sure. I'm, a, I'm undecided. If I could guarantee the previous version of Cody, I'd take that. If but, I could guarantee the previous version of Cody, um, I still wouldn't take it. Listen um, to that. I, I don't think that's a limb. You just I don't even on. think the final four version of Cody from two years ago is um, ideal for playing 20 to 25 minutes a game with the roster construction next year. I think, uh, and I understand this and nothing against Cody. I think you just are ready to kind of move on and get some well, fresh it's, faces. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's partly that, but it's also partly like just um, athletic fit. Um, I think they, they're going to need somebody who's got some rim protection to him. I think it, it, it allows them to unlock the higher end defensive potential of what will be the most athletic perimeter of Mick Cronin's time at UCLA, simply because they're swapping out Juzang for a combination of Bailey and, and uh, Clark. Um, you want to take advantage of that to its fullest extent. And I think to do that, you need to have somebody back there. And, and in my ideal world, it was Miles Johnson returning, but Bona, that's fine. Um, but somebody back there who can protect the rim and also provide you that switching element um, when you need it. Um, and I don't think Cody does either. Uh, I don't think he switches better than either Etienne or Bona will. I think toward the end of that year, he was switching pretty well. He was switching fine yeah. for a guy with his athletic limitations. Um, but compared to what Bona or Etienne potentially could do, I mean, it's just, it's a different, it's a different ball game. Um, so, look, I, I, like I said, I mean, Cody Riley did a lot of good things, but um, I, I think his, his interior scoring, I mean, I'll just say it, I think it's always been a little overrated. Um, I think um, 
first, they're not super efficient, uh, his post-ups. They never really have been. Um, and he doesn't dunk, which is actually a huge problem for a post player because those are like as close to automatic as you can get, and he doesn't really do it. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't make up for the other deficiencies. It doesn't make up for him until this past year being an absolute turnover machine um up until the last two years being a foul machine um i made this point a few times but if you look at the actual numbers and all the different things that go into offense there was a i think a completely um 100 objective argument that jalen hill was actually a better offensive player and i think there was a decent enough argument that miles johnson was a better offensive player and that's the advantage you're getting with cody is theoretically the offense um but i think Everyone focuses on, does this guy have a drop step? And they lose sight of all the other stuff that goes into playing effective offensive basketball. It's how you screen. It's uh, how you offensive rebound. It's how you pass um, and all that stuff. And I think Riley was an effective enough passer, and I think he had some post moves. But with his lack of functional athleticism, he actually couldn't convert on a lot of those post moves. Um, and then he grew overly reliant on that mid-range jumper. So I guess my point is, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, okay. a, unless he was willing to come back for like 12 minutes a game, um, I, I, I don't think it's a fit. So um, that let's just throw out the post position. It'll sort itself out. Right. Okay? And we, we've killed it enough. Yes. They are now at 12 scholarships. They have an open. They have at least one open. Um, I'm going to let you. T- you wrote a whole story about this. Sit on it. Save it for next year. Unless you can, like, literally get somebody who's completely willing to be stashed away for a full season. I mean, ideally, you'd like the wing forward, formerly the power forward, um, like a freshman, sophomore who's transferring from somewhere else, will be able to play a few, you know, 10 minutes, maybe a game, and then be ready to step in when Jaime Hawkins. You know what I would do if I was Mick Cronin? You'd give those 10 minutes to everyone else. What I would do is I would, um, if there's like a sort on the transfer portal that they open up where it, it looks to see the guys who are hurt right now, who are projected to not play this year, and see if there's anybody with really high quality who went into the transfer portal who like tore their ACL last year. Something uh, like that. I, I would I, do that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, somebody, I don't know if there's an actual will, sort on the portal. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, but that's my point is find somebody who literally will not demand a single minute next year because that's a really good idea, Dave. There is, there I is, can't go contrary on you. It was so good. <laughs> there are no minutes to be had and they, there shouldn't be a suggestion for anyone currently on the roster that somebody's coming in to take their minutes uh, yes. because I think it's, I like it. it's in this like perfect equilibrium right now. Hey bro, like, bro, uh, you you little online sleuths, get to work. Yeah, go find us some hurt players to uh, for UCLA to recruit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think the other thing, and this is the, the only thing, is again going back to the post for just a second. The only thing where I would say, okay, if you could find it, but really what I would be looking for is a even less ambitious Miles Johnson, like an even less athletically ambitious um, post player who's willing to come in, be experienced, and play 8 to 10 minutes a game. That would be the only possible thing that I would I would go in for, and I would want him to be like a fifth-year guy this year. Like just somebody who's an insurance post, who was 
down to just go complete his grad school at UCLA and still play for UCLA. Mm. If it could have been and, Miles and he Johnson sells this insurance. year, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I like um, this. Is good. Hey, yeah. you should call. You should call Mick. I should call Mick. Okay. I should let him know. Yeah. Um, um, a little bit more. Let's finish off basketball recruiting. Uh, let's finish it off with recruiting. Dusty Stromer is going to announce early next week. Uh, I got to say, I mean, I, I know this. I, I'm not guessing. UCLA was was leading for Stromer, and I and Gonzaga has roared back. It is. I would say it's fifty fifty at this point. At, I would say I wouldn't even put a number on it, um, but I I wouldn't bet on it either way right now. Like I, if I were the Vegas odds, I'd take it off the board. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, and missing Stromer, um, I think, would be a um, it's not a, good. He's in the he's in your own backyard. You want to keep the guys yeah. in Southern California. But you, what we've said before, and we'll say it again, Mick. It's not easy to play for Mick Cronin. He he demands a lot. He can be tough on them. He ultimately shows how much he loves them, of course. But it's not for everyone. You have to be tough. You have to be tough-minded. Not only just tough physically. You got to be tough-minded, and you will come out on the other end a much better basketball player. But it's not for everyone. So if someone chooses not, if among other reasons or whatever his reasons chooses not to go there it's its own weeding out process i if anyone who chooses not to go play for mick cronin for and i don't think he would have been a good player for mick cronin yeah and i think that's fair um and you know there's a certain point where that kind of circular logic maybe wouldn't play anymore but i think for now i think we can all operate with the assumption that whatever stromer decides i mean if he comes great but if he doesn't um there's a level of self-selection that's going on here. Yeah. Um, and Cronin is the coach, um, and he is the coach he is, um, which means he's going to be hard, um, and for some guys, uh, too hard. Um, but we don't even know if that's – I mean, if he picks no, Gonzaga, it, it could be for – I mean, he's already made his decision, so I can say this. He look, He seems like a Gonzaga player to me. I mean, everyone's going to come away from this thing. Tracy knows. I, I'm telling you. I'm not hinting at anything here. I, I'm just saying y- you, it makes sense to me that I'm trying to bring everyone down softly <laughs> that so everyone doesn't go nuts. They, they missed on a Southern California guy in their own backyard. Uh, I, you could see him at Gonzaga. But I'll tell you this, and I think Gonzaga's on the downward slide, don't you? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, how far can you slide from never having won a championship during a period where you got? Let's see. You can slide considerably one, from that. Because... Two, three, four, four straight one seeds. Uh... But they've been ranked number one probably more than any other t- team in the last four years. That is something to slide from. They are going. They've it's... had six one seeds in the last nine years. I think you can say goodbye to them bringing in the foreign player because that was Tommy Lloyd who is now at Arizona. He's the, he was the foreign uh, prospect broker. I shouldn't say broker. It sounds like he was paying people, but he was very good. He had great international connections. They don't have that at Gonzaga anymore. Um, I think there's a, the shines a little bit on it off of it because of what you're saying. Uh, just disappointing seasons after so much, so high of expectation. 
they're losing some guys. They'll probably, they're going to add some. I just don't think the last, what, three years they've been ranked number. I don't see them being ranked number one next year. So I think, I think the shine's off the, uh, what, what does shine get off of? Um, shine falls off the shoe. I, I know. Is that it? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, anyway. I, don't, I don't know. I think it's the, the shine on anything new, right? The yeah. shine on, uh, on anything fresh and new and clean. So um, I, I, we're basically saying Dusty Stormer's making the wrong decision if he goes there. So make the right decision and go to UCLA, Dusty. There we go. There's our There homerism. you go. N- way, to, way to tie it up with a bow. Thank um, you. UCLA also threw out some other offers this week. Um, we expect more will be coming uh, here in the near future as they continue with the evaluation periods. Mm, uh, maybe not. Maybe not that many. But in the near future, I'm talking. Oh, in the near like future means sometimes, buddy. Okay, three months. Near future, I thought you were mean, mean like next few weeks. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I just, just wanted to... just full contrary today. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, one uh, this, the, the one yesterday was to um, Milan Momsilovic, uh, the very good the wow. the four star power forward, or I think he's four star. Is he? No, he's not ranked yet. Is he? He's four. He's four star. If you go by. Oh, he's yeah, yeah he's no, right. he's, he's 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 fully in there now. Yeah, um, yeah he's a four-star uh, power kid. forward, power forward-ish out of uh, out of Wisconsin. Um, kind of the you know everything we've come to learn about the power forward position. He's you know face-up guy who does a lot of different things. He um, is. I watched him two times when I was in Orlando. Tracy's in love with him um, because you know what he remind. He is a bigger, uh, better outside shooting Jaime Hawkins. He already has his old man post-up game, but he can really shoot threes. Yeah. So, would you take that? I would. <laughs> in a in a cocaine heartbeat. And from what I'm hearing, uh, he's he's receptive to UCLA right now. So, whether you know a lot of people are receptive because they just want to add UCLA to their you know recruiting list, but I. I I don't think the staff necessarily would have offered him at this point unless they thought it was genuine and they had a, re- a, re- a legitimate chance to get him. Of course, they're fighting off what local Marquette, Minnesota, Iowa State. So, but what school stands oh, out? Oh God, from Iowa State. Yeah. yeah. No, whatever. Uh, if he if he decides to stay in, in Wisconsin to go to Marquette, I mean, more power to him. But come on, it's let's go full Homer here, Milan. Are you freezing your ass out there or what, man? I mean, it's nice and warm and beautiful out here. Okay. You can't you can't be named Milan and want to stay in some podunk town. Wow, you really went for it. Milwaukee is a podunk town. Yeah, dude. Have you been You've there? You've been there? I've been there. I've been there. I like Milwaukee. <laughs> it's fine. Great place to get a beer. Uh, Great place to like just uh, lose all ambition. <laughs> God, there are there are like five bros who grew up in milwaukee dude my my uh my um, and you better watch out the, the amount of like fire that i've spat at like just these these just innocent bystander towns like central pennsylvania and milwaukee now in the last like four broadcasts yeah they're wow. all going to bond, bond together and, and hunt you down yeah yeah well okay. you little city slicking californian uh hipster doofus yeah, they'll come out in their wagon train. Um, <laughs> all right, so 
then, uh, in addition to Milan Momsilovic, uh, UCLA also went to uh, the heavily European name, uh, this time uh, offering four-star uh, Californian wing, uh, Andre Stoyakovic. And if you, if you know that name... We know how to pronounce that name. Yeah. He is the son of longtime Sacramento King, Peja Stoyakovic. Yeah. Uh, like, I like him too. Um, highly skilled, just uh, as you would expect, son of an NBA player, uh, can really create, can shoot it from outside, can create mid range, can good passer, good ball handler for a size, probably six, six ish. I'd say he's a small forward, more of a small, small forward than he is even a shooting guard. Um, I had, uh, you know, we're all about who you can guard. So if you can guard someone effectively, guard a position, you can stay on the floor. Um, after I watched two full games of his, it was on tape, but I watched the games. I was, and it, it actually is a really bad offensive game he had, but he was able to really move his feet and stay in front of who, what I thought were more athletic uh, wings. So that was encouraging. Um, so I was all about the offer. Even regardless of what happens to Dusty Stromer, I would have taken, I would still take both of them if both, you know, they both wanted to come. Two different players. Um, so really good offer. The ranking of people throwing around he's top 25 in the country, I, that's a little overblown. I'm a little stunned that Kentucky offered him. Um, to me, that's like smacking of a Johnny Juzang bounce back. <laughs> Um, but you know, who knows, you know, uh, when you have all those guys at Kentucky who are, think they're one and done and they're big time athletes, you, you need a guy who's highly skilled who can hit a shot. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it would be, this is another California guy. Um, and, I mean, I think, I think Peja lives in Greece now, so I don't know how long, uh, on does he, how do you know that? I, I was just looking him up. Wow. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd be interested to get the backstory here on how long he's been spending there, but it is in Sacramento. So I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, you want to get into their personal life? Is that what you're that's trying That's what I'm saying. I'm, wow. trying to, I'm trying to do some light research uh, <laughs> right now. Um, you want me to keep okay. talking while you can? Yeah. yeah. No, go I ahead. I I, I'd never heard of Carmichael before. It's a oh, I know. I know someone from Carmichael. Oh, look at you. Well, yeah. you know Andre. You met him. <laughs> I um, never met the kid. Oh, so there wow. you go. Yeah. Okay. Talking so freely about somebody you've never met. Jeez. <laughs> um, it's what we do, Dave. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, a couple offers out. They also offered some 2024 guy, but I'm not going to overburden you with knowledge right now, people out there. We don't want to do that. They had an in-home visit with Jacoby Walter. They had an in-home visit with Isaiah Collier. Jacoby Walter, 6'4", 6'5", uh, scoring, shooting guard, can light it up from all you know, all three levels, uh, great, like body immediate can be able to plug in and play because of, um, who he is physically. I mean, have I like this. Have you met this guy that you're talking about? His I body actually like did. This? I actually did meet him. Oh, okay. So he actually like that bumped level? in, literally bumped into me. Oh, okay. So you, you have an intimate knowledge of his body. We, we are, we are close. Okay. Uh, I actually like Dusty Stromer better as a prospect, more upside, um, uh, better all-around athlete, um, 
better all around player, but Jacoby Walter would absolutely, and they could take both of them easily and play alongside each other. Uh, but he's a big time scorer. He's leading the EYBL league in scoring as we speak. So that's, that's something 25 points a game or something like that, I think. Um, and Isaiah Collier, who, you know, you get guys who are like your favorite guys. And I, I've got a few in this class. I really like Milan Momsilovic. Um, Isaiah Collier, though, he's really fun to watch. Dave, uh, you put up, uh, you, I, I think I did the story. <laughs> I'm getting us mixed up. <laughs> uh, it was um, Arrington Page. Yeah. Uh, they play on the same AU team, same high school team. And it's it's clips of Page, but there's a pa- did you look at that? Oh you, yeah. At about it was like at about 150. Uh-huh. That pa- <laughs> that is everyone go to that story. And if you if you don't want to look at Page's highlights, which they're not highlights, clips, you should. But just go to go to that because <laughs> Isaiah Collier almost takes some guy's head off. He makes this pass, this one-handed pass that almost clips the guy's ear. It's between the guy's arm up and his head. He threads this pass. Darren and Page is underneath the basket. It is a f- just, I watched it like 10 times because it's just so fun. So yeah, Isaiah Collier, his mom uh, is from Los Angeles. Uh, from what I'm hearing, we'd like to come back. I think that's why USC jumped on too. Uh, this will be a long haul of a recruitment. Uh, and honestly, don't know how long he would be in in, in college. I, he is a legit one and done kind of guy. So that'll that's who they went in home with. Um, and they'll probably get an in home. I would assume with uh, Ron Holland. Uh, he's visiting officially May twelfth, so I think they'll go into go into his home before that probably. Uh, but yeah, so uh, as we said, they'd offer. They'd expand their list and they're up to, you know, six offers with guys who they have a serious chance to get. Um, There are still some other guys possibly out there. Cody Williams, Arizona four-star kid. I I really like him. Uh, I think he has a lot of upside. Six, seven, small forward, plays point guard for his high school team and and a lot for his AAU team. Really, I, I really like him. Uh, so we'll, and, uh, one of my favorite guys in the class is BJ Davis, a point guard from Modesto Christian, uh, UCLA really likes this kid. I don't know if they'll necessarily move on him while Isaiah Collier's out there. Um, but I, if there's, if they're getting a sense that they're not going to get Isaiah Collier or they, something else, I, I think the first guard they would offer would be BJ Davis. And then if there's an offer coming up, it could be Arrington Page, that point, uh, point, that post from Georgia. So there okay. you go. Run down on 2023 basketball recruiting. Well, great. Um, the other thing that's happening is spring practice. Yes. Yes. That, that, uh, so our f- old friend, Michael Miller, you know, there, you call it a basketball, uh, you, you know, it, he used to think football should be called, it shouldn't be called a football. It should be called a hand spheroid. Ooh. Okay. So that's the sport. We're, we're going to talk about hand spheroid. 
Yeah. Well, we call it a basketball, so shouldn't we call football like um, end zone uh, ball? Yeah, but I think he was just going off a football, and it's really a hand spheroid. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It, it absolutely is a spheroid, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely yeah. not a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that's something to chew on for everyone out there. Think um, about that. Spring practice is happening. Uh, it's it's almost done happening. Tomorrow is the last one of the things that's happening um, at 8.45 tomorrow morning, Saturday. And, and we're going to miss it, so. We're going to miss it. Uh, it gets to this point where we're, um, you know, look, our jobs, I mean, look, uh, uh, Tracy, put on earmuffs for a second. Our okay, jobs. they're uh, we, on. I'm not going to hear anything you say. We cover sports for a living. It's not like that hard. It's, you know, it is what it is. Tracy will take umbrage because he hasn't taken a vacation in like 15 years or something. Uh, it's it's not that bad. Uh, but getting out there at 845, sitting in the sun, watching the exact same thing over and over and over again for 15 practices, it, it, it borders on chore. Um, and you know what would make it – I'm sorry I had to listen. You know what would make it better is a little bit more one-on-ones. Maybe yeah, a little bit more team periods. Maybe just – tackling once well just, you you know how much all of you complained about the spring game and how it was just a practice like that's our practice that's what ma- we watch yeah imagine 15 of those it's not like again it's like i'm sure everyone out there you gotta like stare at documents and stuff it sucks i get it um but it's just you know it's it's not like ideal it's not like a ton of fun so anyway um uh, ucla wraps it up tomorrow um and uh i would say spring has been uh pretty enlightening for me because uh, i haven't been consistently watching practices now in six seven years so uh it's been fun to get back in the rhythm um and uh and watch uh kind of what's going on up close and you know again kudos to ucla because i think it's very common um throughout uh the history of access to uh different sports stuff that once it's gone it doesn't come back um for them to reopen spring ball to allow us to watch the whole thing um yeah that was good that was uh and it's a it's a relatively rare thing that happens uh in our history of um these things usually when the access goes it's gone for good so it's been really cool to be able to watch and uh kind of glean a lot more information from it um so uh we're let's do takeaways from spring practice let's do a few takeaways just a few takeaways um, and I, uh, let me start with the, the again, the continuing issue, uh, the primary one, which is, and I think this is interesting in light of um, the other big news this week in football, which was uh, UCLA picking up um, a commitment from Oregon transfer offensive tackle Jalen Jeffers. Um, offensive tackle. Uh, UCLA uh, went through this entire spring with Garrett DiGiorgio as the left tackle, and then um, towards the end, a uh, basically a platoon between Josh Carlin and converted defensive lineman uh, Tyler Manoa at right tackle. None of it was good. Um, they really struggled um, against any kind of speed, um, and it, to the point where it was hard to exactly know, though I think we're all coming to the impression that UCLA will have a pass rush this year, exactly how good the pass rush would be because the tackle play seemed that bad at times, um, especially with just their inability to move their feet or their whatever it was, lack of quick feet. Let me um, jump in there really fast. Go for it. Semi-contrary. Yes, against the pass rush, 
But this is a two-pronged kind of thing because I think they did fine against the run, actually. I thought it was, it was interesting to watch practice. And when you and I were out there on Saturday, we start to see – we're looking at one-on-ones. Offensive tackles are – I mean, they're just generally getting pretty much beaten uh, like a drum. But then we'd go back to the team periods, and you and I have witnessed this. And they're they're doing fine creating holes in the running game. So I just wanted to specify that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, either way, it's going to be a drop-off from last year, though. Uh, a significant one, because last year they were getting both. Um, if it stays the way it is, yeah. Yes, okay. So the situation as it is right now is that th- the starting group, um, in my ideal world, would n- not be the starting group. Um, that they would get Raekwon O'Neal coming in this summer to take over left tackle, and then somebody else. And who that somebody else ends up being may be dependent on fall camp, but um, maybe it's Jeffers. I kind of doubt it, given what we've heard out of Oregon. I think it'll be at least a year before he might be impacting um, at the first string level, but maybe. Um, Maybe it's another transfer of some sort though i think it would be harder to bring in yet another offensive tackle um but i i was not sold on anybody i saw this spring why do you think it'd be harder to bring uh, so i've been a, a few things leading up related to this um you know i managed our little depth chart which has been <laughs> has changed more than in this off season than at any other time i've been doing this job I've, because Derek, Garrett DiGiorgio was working all spring at left tackle, I kept him there in the death chart. And then today, I made the move and moved him to right tackle and plugged in Raekwon O'Neal because, Dave, Raekwon O'Neal is going to plug in a left tackle, right? Correct. Then they will move Garrett to, uh, Garrett DiGiorgio played pretty decently at right tackle when he played last year. Um, we were both surprised. That he at the level once he got his you know his sea legs he was he was okay I think he'll and that wait I want to bring this issue up and I think we talked we touched on it before if you've if you've scouted Raekwon O'Neal you're thinking he's your left tackle isn't it really going to hurt Garrett DiGiorgio if he ends up your right tackle if he spent all of spring at left tackle. Those are not inner. Uh, there's a lot of the obviously it's the offensive line, it's the tackle position, but they're a lot different. Unless we're high and, and they're going high. to put O'Neill at right tackle, but yeah, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. We uh, that's a real possibility that we're high. Yeah, we could be high, um, but yeah, O'Neill uh, from everything we've heard and, and seen uh, should be stepping in at left tackle. The thing with DiDorgio is we just don't have a whole lot of data. He started one game last year and played in another. Um, and the one game he played before he started against Utah was Hawaii. Um, and the Utah game wasn't a good game, um, but we thought he did fine. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just not a lot of data to go on. Um, and I, his his <laughs> his lack of quick feet, I think, are going to be a problem. Um, and maybe less so at right tackle, but um, that's he wouldn't be my ideal right now. Um, And I think getting, so the reason I said it might be harder to bring in another tackle in the transfer portal, even though I think they should is if you're a transfer tackle, you want to be guaranteed a starting spot. 
So you look at it, and they're bringing in Raekwon O'Neal, and they're bringing in another offensive tackle who was committed to Oregon, who's, you know, in other words, a power five tackle transfer. Now, whatever you might want to hear from the coaches that, oh, he's not going to come in and start immediately, you might still be given pause by that. Right, that they're already bringing in two tackle transfers in the same class. I'm hitting, I'm hitting my contrary button. Um, Hit it. I think first off, they could say, "Hey, we just went all through spring practice. We have, we have a starting tackle coming in. He's a redshirt senior. He's transferring from Rutgers. We project him to start. We don't see another starter for next season from what we're coming out of spring practice. Now, the second starting tackle spot." They're pitching to a guy who say who started someplace in the D1 world. You've got a really good chance here of winning that spot because right now it's a redshirt freshman. It's a super senior who was a defensive tackle uh, just a matter of weeks ago. Um, and a guy who couldn't get a sniff at Oregon for two years. And then a guy who's a redshirt junior, Josh Carlin, who hasn't been able to even come close to clearly winning the right tackle spot. So you would be able to come in and have a really good chance at, at winning the starting position. So I think they can. I think it's, it's one of those situations where when things don't go so well, it works for you <laughs> in recruiting. Right. Well, okay. So that's uh, offensive tackle. Um, that's probably that area of concern. Um I would say they pretty much um, assuaged my worries about um, inside linebacker coming in. Darius Moussao absolutely looks the part. Um, Middle linebacker, I should say. Uh, Moussao absolutely looks the part. Uh, I think he's going to slot in and be completely fine. Um, Possibly a lot better than that. Um, The other linebacker positions, I have zero idea. Um, You know, we we were talking about this midway through – practice about what even they're kind of doing there um but by the end of uh spring Shea Bryant Struther looked like he was playing about the second most snaps um next to Mua Sal uh because Damian Sellers went down in this last practice um or prior to it uh Kane Medrano has been sitting out all team stuff um so I don't I don't really know what to make of the other linebacker roles, um, but I think for the first time in a while, they're going to have um, a true Mike who's um, yeah. actually a plus player. Did you, when we're talking about worries, were you leaving the defensive line for later or did you hop over it? Because I, I think it's a concern. I, I, I mean, uh, you said they'll improve pass rush. And I mean, I think that's a, a good conclusion. But you, there's got to be a little bit worry at are you interior me, defensive line. Are you telling me you didn't love it um, in this last practice when I, or two practices ago when I reported that um, Hayden Harris was the only defensive tackle alongside the Murphy Twins and Carl Jones on a few plays? Um, am I saying I didn't like – are you asking me if I'm saying I didn't like that? You, you didn't like that there was only one defensive tackle and it was Hayden Harris in there? Uh, yeah. No, it's a worry. Uh, defensive tackle in particular. I would say um, I like Martin Andrus. I would say everyone else to me, Jay Toia, I don't think has had a real standout spring. To no, me. been a plugger. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Somerville has definitely flashed, but he's going to be a redshirt f- freshman, a little bit undersized too. Uh, 
Gary Smith. <laughs> I think Gary Smith will definitely contribute. He was carrying some extra weight than from what I think we saw of him at Duke. Um, Dave, um, what do you, what do you, Dave, what do you think of Gary Smith? I think he needs to lose some of that weight. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I would be interested to hear what, what, if anything, his injury was, um, or if it was more just a matter of, um, conditioning. They'll get uh, Jacob Sykes. They'll yeah. get the Harvard transfer, but that, that's a huge question mark. And I know UCLA is looking while I know they'll be looking for offensive tackles. They're looking for defensive linemen, uh, when Isabor left, that kind of opened it up for them to look. Uh, the deadline to enter the portal is May 1st. Today, Friday, is kind of the, is kind of the last day when a lot of people will probably enter the portal because, you know, they're at school, they're talking to their coaches, they've met, and they go, okay, I'm out of here. We're seeing a lot of names enter the transfer portal today also. Um, so there's those two we know, don't you? I mean, let's bang the drum for defensive back. Let's just bang that DB drum. Yeah. Uh, uh, not not greatly confident. Um, I think we're I think they're okay at at safety for now. Morell Osling plugging into that free safety role of Quinton Lake. I've liked what I've seen of him in practice, just not in his play, but his leadership. I mean, he, uh, this last practice, I got to really watch as Mike took notes. So he was, he was the quarterback, seriously, of the defense. He was telling people where to be, where to line up. Really respect Morel Osling. I think he has a chance there. Um, Azizi Hearn has been a good addition. You wouldn't say he's been spectacular, but a solid addition. Kenny Churchwell's had a good spring. So let's just go on a limb. That's my third one. For the safeties. And I think there's some top-end talent at cornerback and Devin Kirkwood and Azizi Hearn plays one of the cornerback spots in some alignments when he's not the nickel. But man, I'm worried about cornerbacks. Um, the other guys are John Humphrey, who I don't think is completely prepared to play. I, think, he, I think he'll be good down the line. I don't he think looks the part. Looks the part. I don't think Jalen Davies is a starter level, at least for now, as a redshirt freshman this season. Haven't really seen anything from Isaiah Newcomb. I think he's out of position, as we've been saying since he was a senior in high school. Um, I think they need a cornerback in the transfer portal. I don't know if they think that. Um, but with set, they have seven scholarships left to give. I think any good player, probably regardless of position, they'll take a shot at that they think they can get who has decent academics. So we could have some fun yeah. with the transfer portal. Yeah, it could be a very interesting because I think that's the general takeaway from the spring is that I wasn't like, uh, yeah, I would say most positions, uh, I feel comfortable in saying that there's like average to like slightly above average talent. Um, but that also means like there isn't a place where they can't upgrade except for maybe quarterback. Um, like everything else, probably I mean, running back. Get well, getting a better backup running back would be yeah. a key. I mean, right now I don't think either of us are super confident in anyone in the depth chart there. Um, so there's that. I mean, at receiver, I think they've got again like a a, a you know a very solid group that 
you know, maybe lacks a little top end talent. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's Titus. Maybe he's going to blow some doors off with the speed or, but Bobo just seems like, I mean, he is your possession receiver um, and everything that implies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's, and you know what I would say? They don't need a tight end. They've got, they've got plenty of tight end talent. Yeah, um, I agree. The one thing I would say, and this is just like a slight worry, and maybe I was um, thinking about it, or maybe I was focusing on it a little too much. I'm a little concerned about Mike Martinez um, and his ability to make it back for this season. He um, did not look. He did you, not look. I'd say I put him at about sixty percent when I saw him on Thursday. I watched him, and I made a. I wrote a small sentence, like just a little note about it, but. Um, his his ankle and lower calf are like bowed in um on his right leg uh it doesn't look like i don't know and i'm not a doctor and i have no idea it didn't look like it healed right like it doesn't look good um yeah you're not a doctor yeah and he's not he's not a he's not running fluidly at all which was really strange because remember initially when we just saw him when he wasn't in drills and he's just running on the sideline he looked, I think you and I were there together. He looked, wow. He looked, yeah. And then it's like, I don't know, run, like adding a little bit of wiggle to it. I don't know. It yeah. just made him, um, I don't know. But anyway, I would be a little bit concerned about him, but I think we've seen enough from that position group this spring that I'm reasonably confident. And we're not even, they haven't even gotten Jack Peterson in yet. Um, yeah. I'm reasonably confident they're going to get very good play out of that position group. Yeah. Um, but everywhere else, Yeah. I mean, take upgrades, take them where you can get them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think they have the luxury to say, Hey, we're good. Except the tight end and quarterback. Pretty Everyone, anyone else who's good. And I think we've seen them do that. There were a couple of uh, wide receivers. They don't really need a wide receiver, but you know, there were a couple of guys who could have made an impact that went into the portal and they reached out, but no reciprocal interest. Probably they looked at it and said, you got plenty of guys. Uh, No. Um, so we've seen UCLA do that within the last week. So that's a good sign. Really would like to see them do that with a, I, I hope this isn't prophetic. I really want to see a cornerback just they're one injury away from that being a, a, a dire situation at cornerback. Yeah. Um, it's not, and I mean, defensive line. There's a lot of unproven bodies there, but there are a lot of bodies there. Cornerback, there just aren't a lot of bodies uh, that uh, not whether they can play or not. There just aren't a lot of bodies. Um, I think Mo Osling would probably have to. <laughs> poor guy. I mean, how many times? How many different positions? How many times does he flop back and forth? Every oh, yeah. every year he's done it at least once where he's switched positions. I think. Yep. So he would probably flip back to quarterback if they needed it. That guy yeah. should that guy should get a medal he for what he's done. Um so yeah, there are some there are some worries. There are some absolute worries. Uh Chip Kelly, you know, has has gotten all in on the transfer portal. Well well do it. Let's <laughs> let's allay the bros worries right now. One more offensive tackle, a defensive lineman and a cornerback. Then I will be off-season Dave. There you go. I'm not even off-season Dave. You're, 14, you're partial. 14 practices, 14 practices have me beaten. I'm yeah. down. And you know what? On Thursday, I don't know if Mike wrote this. We really noticed that they looked – the and, you know, it's not 
anything, it's not a negative. They look fatigued at that 14th practice. Oh, they, lo- they look like they're, they're done. And I think it was really anticlimactic, that showcase on, on Saturday. So, yeah, I think mentally they're done. Um, they were not in pads on Thursday, which is a sign like, yeah, well, they're winding down. <laughs> um, so hopefully they'll finish it off with a good practice t- tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it would be really good to ha- see some recruits on the sideline and some uh, like transfers visiting to, to look at practice. That that can happen, you know. So there you go. That's what we're looking for uh, in the next couple of days because people will be putting their names in the transfer portal, and usually if UCLA is interested, they jump all over them. So there you go. There you go. There you have it. That was an action-packed broadcast for everyone else. Very long one, too. A lot in there. So A lot. Too much, one might say. I don't know. They love Digest it. Digest it over several days. Listen <laughs> in one-minute snippets. Yeah, like um, take it out like a cud and chew on it and put it back. Uh-huh. Yeah, and re- re-listen over and over. There are hidden messages waiting to be decoded. I pretty much said that we're kind of throw-up. We are. Because you throw it back up, chew on it, put it back down, throw it. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. What we said was just vomit. Well, that's actually, no, it's just because we are so nutrient-rich <laughs> that you actually have to digest it several times. That's funny you that you're everything. going contrary on me being positive. This is really fun. This is like marriage. It's great. Yeah. Everyone's loving it. Okay, Dave. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. Happy Contrary Day.